1: We're onto our second enormous election in a fortnight, with Indonesia having just voted yesterday. This episode is coming out the morning after that vote, so we're not going to have the result. But instead, on this episode, we'll be talking about Indonesia's politics and the legacy of outgoing president, Joko Widodo. And we'll also give you a bit of background on the three candidates up for the presidency this time. Squeeze Shortcuts is your backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Tai.
2: And I'm Claire Kimball.
1: Claire, last week we had Pakistan's general election, which was significant for a couple of reasons, one of them being the sheer size of Pakistan as the world's fifth most populous nation. But Indonesia is even bigger.
2: Yep, even bigger. It's the fourth most populous nation in the world, only behind India, China and the United States. There are roughly 278 million Indonesians, making it the largest Muslim majority nation in the world. It's also the third largest democracy. And it's also a young electorate. The figure to know here is that 56% of the total eligible voting population is aged under 40 years. And, Claire, it is
1: Australia's neighbour, so it's good to know about what is happening in our backyard... And to begin with, let's get the basics down. Unlike Australia and our Westminster system, Indonesia has a president at the heart of their political power.
2: Yeah, of course, how it works in Australia is we elect representatives who then select the leader of the country. But in Indonesia, voters get to directly elect the president of the country like they do in the United States and plenty of other countries. Mm. And in Indonesia, presidents are elected for five-year terms. And the president who has
1: won the last two elections is a man named Joko Widodo. But despite his popularity, which we're going to get into, Indonesia's constitution states that a president can only serve a maximum of two terms as president.
2: And that is what Joko Widodo has done. He's just completed his two terms. So he's had 10 years as Indonesia's president, which means that Indonesia will be electing a new president this week.
1: And we're going to get to those three leading candidates for president as well. But first, let's take some time to look at the legacy of Wadodo. And something that often comes up, Claire, is that before he was a politician, he was once a furniture manufacturer.
2: Yeah, exactly right. And if you go back even further, Wadodo was born and raised in a slum, and his rise through the ranks of Indonesian politics was a bit of a cause for celebration there, because he was the first president who wasn't from the military establishment or from the political elite. And for that
1: reason, experts in Indonesian politics have called Wododo's election a high point in the country's democracy – And Widodo himself has maintained that reputation for being a man of the people.
2: Yep. And how he's done that is he's often seen in working class crowds. He's listening directly to their concerns uh, and the concerns of Indonesians across the country. And it's one of the reasons why 10 years into his presidency that he's maintained these very consistently high approval ratings, uh, up over 70%. Yeah,
1: that is a dream kind of rating for a politician.
2: Sure <laughs>
1: His legacy also includes Indonesia's economic development and job creation throughout the nation, with one of Wododo's signature policies being to reduce its exporting of raw materials.
2: Yeah, what that means is that Indonesia moved towards processing those materials within Indonesia, like nickel, and that has really helped to boost Indonesia's economic growth. The country has had a growth rate of around 5% throughout his time in government. That is
1: less than the 7% that Wododo campaigned on, but it is still a high growth rate. And finally, we should also mention another of Widodo's signature policies, which is this ambitious plan to build a futuristic new capital city.
2: The current capital is Jakarta, of course. It's crowded though, and it's also sinking. So Widodo decided to build a green city called Nusantara. It's in the jungle. It's going to be about twice the size of New York, if that helps you picture it, uh, and it hasn't been without controversy. Indigenous communities there are protesting that build and environmental activists also are concerned about deforestation.
1: But that plan for the futuristic new city does show the ambition of Wododo and his determination to leave a legacy... But, Claire, there are also concerns around Widodo's leadership.
2: Yeah, and one thing to know about that is that, according to observers, Indonesia has become more corrupt under Widodo's presidency. It's fallen in the corruption index. That's an index that's maintained by an organisation called Transparency International. And in just the last year, there have also been concerns about Widodo's political interference to benefit his family.
1: We will get into that. And the candidates for president next.
0: A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more.
1: OK, Claire, so before the break, we mentioned allegations of political interference from Joko Widodo to benefit his family. And we're going to get into that. But first, we need to quickly lay out the three main candidates running for president.
2: First up, there's Anis Baswedan. He's a former academic and governor of Jakarta. He is coming in as a candidate that's promising change, including scaling back Widodo's new capital city plans. There's also Ganjar Pranowo, he is from the same party as Widodo. He wants to continue Widodo's legacy while also offering new things like free internet. But neither of
1: those two men are the front runners in this race. Instead, the person leading the race is a man called Prabowo Subianto. He is a former military leader who was appointed as the defense minister in Widodo's government. And Prabowo is seen as the candidate who would continue Widodo's legacy.
2: Yeah, and part of that is because Prabowo has literally said at rallies that he wants to continue <laughs> Widodo's legacy. Uh, so that's one thing. But there's also the fact that Prabowo's choice of vice president is Widodo's elder son.
1: Exactly. Gibran Rakabuming Raka is Joko Widodo's eldest son. He is 36 years old. And, Claire, that age is significant because it's where allegations of political interference come in. Indonesia's constitution says that those running for high office have to be at least 40 years old.
2: Yeah, exactly right. But last year, the country's constitutional court, which just as a side note, is led by Widodo's brother-in-law, it passed a ruling that allowed Widodo's son to run for vice president. And that saw a lot of people inside and outside of Indonesia say that this whole chapter is clear political interference from Widodo to keep his family in high office.
1: Then when it comes to the actual presidential campaign, there have also been allegations that Wododo has used state funds and state officials to boost Prabowo's campaign. Prabowo's campaign has called those allegations slanderous.
2: Yeah, either way though, Prabowo's campaign is saying that of course with Wododo's son on board, they're the front runner to lead this election as they headed into that vote on Wednesday. And as we're recording, Alex, as you said at the top, that election is happening as we speak. Mm. Uh, All the signs point to a victory for them.
1: So to finish off this episode, we should just take a quick look at the man who is likely to become the president of Australia's biggest neighbour. And Claire, we have already mentioned that Prabowo has a military past.
2: Yeah, so back when Indonesia was run by a military dictatorship, around 30 years ago. He was a military enforcer. He's also the son-in-law of Indonesia's last military dictator, so he's got some very high-level, long-standing connections to the top of Indonesia's power. Mm. There's allegations that he's also been involved in a number of human rights abuses.
1: Some of those allegations specifically are that he was involved in the disappearance of student activists back in 1998 and also involved in human rights abuses in Papua and East Timor. Prabowo has always denied those allegations.
2: Yep, and it's worth noting, though, that Prabowo has run for president twice before, and during those presidential races, he liked to present An image of himself being a very strong military man. He was beaten in
1: those two elections by Joko Widodo, who then installed him as the defence minister. And since then, Prabowo has actively set out to change from that strongman image into something else, Claire.
2: Yep, gone is that strongman military dictator type of image. Um, At the age of 72 now, he's trying to cultivate an image of a Cuddly grandpa, uh, Alice and Siobhan, spoke about that in the quiz Today podcast this week. And in this campaign, what he's done is focus a lot on social media. There's been videos of himself dancing on TikTok. Mm. Also, he's got a cat named Bobby, and that cat has its own curated Instagram account.
1: <laughs> and like we said, Claire, this really does seem to be working with Indonesia's young electorate. And by the time this comes out, we will start to see some of those results from the election coming through. And we'll be able to see if Proboa really will be Indonesia's next president. And that is your shortcut to Indonesia's election. Now, on to our recommendations. Each week we like to give further reading, watching or listening on the topic and this week I'm going to link to a piece of news analysis from Peter Harcher at the Sydney Morning Herald. He goes into more depth about Indonesia's political history and he also talks about what the election could mean for Australia.
2: There you go, that's a good one. Um, To make things easier easier for our listeners too. I think let's link to the live page from Al Jazeera, which is following the election results. So you can just click on that link and it'll take you through to the latest.
1: Super helpful. Those links will be in the show notes. And if you like what you heard, please tell people about this podcast. And if you have any requests, you can send them through to hello at the squiz.com.au. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at Squiz Kids to learn the backstories
2: of some incredible Aussie women. And together, honour their legacies.